You're listening to the Wellest Life Podcast, and this is Brandy Andres. to connect you each week to thought-provoking conversations on how to lead a sustainable lifestyle with ease. Now, what does sustainable lifestyle mean? Well, it's not just about sustainability. It's also about improving the quality of life for all living beings. And I've got to say, I've spoken with some amazing people so far who have experienced remarkable journeys leading them to find a genuine passion for creating a more ethical, eco-forward, and wellness-minded world. Through these episodes, you'll also get insights on how every one of us can take small, practical steps to prioritize the well-being of all people, animals, and our planet. I truly believe each one of us has a role to play in creating thriving environments for ourselves, the communities around us, and for future generations, because we're all connected. But before we get started, I'd like to thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, my guest today is a fine art photographer and multimedia collage artist with 30 years of experience in the psychological, creative, and artistic fields. Originally from New York, she spent 20 years in Rome as an artist, and that's also where she pioneered what she calls fresco photography. Her work as a therapist and creative coach also give her an in-depth understanding of the nature of people, and her time in Northern California has inspired her creative journey with biophilic art. Truly inspiring, she has also developed her own Life by Design retreats, which she facilitates in Northern California. And she's currently working on a collaborative research project looking at how nature and art affect our behaviors and moods. I am so thrilled to have her here today. And without further ado, I'm pleased to introduce you to Diane Epstein. Hello, Diane. How are you? Hi. Yes, I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. So I'm always curious to know more about people's backgrounds and their stories, especially to know what their aha moment was or if they had a specific experience or lesson in their lives that led to the career or path that they're on today. So for you, I would love to know what one experience you may have had that gave you the desire to become a photographer and to create this amazing biophilic art? Probably if I had to just just choose one, it would be when I moved to Italy and actually had a real transformational experience being there, being that I actually was trained 
uh, and I work, you know, leading groups and working with people individually and more the psychological aspects and the creative aspects of my clients. But when I went there, I was so taken by the, the patina of time, the, the, the ancient um, ruins, the piazzas, the food, the, the way of life, the way you can really slow down especially I had a camera with me and I had taken pictures a lot, but there was something about that, that actually being able to take my camera and then just go around and observe things through my camera allowed me to slow down. It was like a meditation for me. And so moving there was like that. But then there was one experience I had where I was able actually invited to the Belgian ambassador's residence. And that was my very first experience showing my work. And that sort of started me out in the professional realm of photography because he put on a show, invited 200 ambassadors to the show. And it was my first show as a photographer. But I would say the pivotal moment was when I was with a friend who was um, a career coach. And she said, Diane, you know, it's a little bit hard for people to know what you do. You're, you know, you do the photography, you're really passionate about that. You're also um, coaching people. And you're really very, you know, busy doing that. And then I was also doing cooking classes and I would take people around Rome and we would, we would go around to the markets and then we'd come back and we'd create this amazing meal together. And it was like an all day experience. And I think as an artist, you do have like this, this, this part of you that like life is like a work of art, you know, you see life as a living work of art. And so for me, whether I'm cooking a meal or whether I'm with people and trying to be present with them, or I'm taking photographs, it all is part of the whole. But for me, it was um, that moment when she said, well, if you had to choose one of those things to do, what would you do? And I know a lot of people go through this. It's like, oh, what do I do? I like so many things. But I said, well, I would be a photographer. I mean, I love the whole process of photography, but I said, I've never done this before. I wasn't trained as a photographer. I was trained as a therapist. And so she said, well, just act as if, and I sort of knew all about acting as if, because that's sort of what, what I was doing with all these amazing clients that I had that were creative and going on to be working, having their shows in New York. And I'm like, I, that's what I want, you know? So um, eventually I kind of transitioned and I still do coaching. I do online um, uh, classes, well, classes, I mean, they're groups, they're like circles, but I'm mostly see myself as a, as a photographer. And I've been doing this ever since 2004 when I had that first show. So I, that's when I just started playing around and I discovered like superimposing images and doing a lot of things that really, excited me. And, and a lot of my experience in Italy was very, it was very uh, spiritual experience in the sense of going in and finding these amazing, not in, also out in the streets of Rome, these, these angels and all these different aspects of, um, of life that, that you just pass all the time. So the other transformation that happened is when I moved back from Italy after living there for 20 years to California, to Northern California, across the San Francisco Bay. And that was when I uh, met my present husband. And um, then I joined a group of women. And I think that's when I really got into biophilic uh, art and design is because we really work together. We're still together three years later and we really support each other in really finding out what our genius is, what it is about, what it is that's going to be healing for us. 
um, as individuals and human beings, but also what we can do to really make a difference in the world. And so that's when I discovered um, biophilic design was really a lot about what I am passionate about. I want to I want to go back a little bit, and I I definitely want to get into uh, the topic of biophilic art because that is one of the things um, when we first had our conversation on the phone um, before today uh, that really just you know struck me as so fascinating. In in a lot of the things that you're talking about, uh, I know that you were a therapist before. Something that also stood out to me was that you went from therapist to photographer, <laughs> which, you know, seems like a huge leap. A, a, a therapist comes from, you know, a scientific background. It's very uh, left-brained. I was not the typical therapist. I was not the scientific typical therapist. I think I, I would probably call myself a coach now more than a therapist, just because of the way that I worked. And it was really about helping people to transform their lives. I mean, that was sort of my training. But, and I understand people from a deeper level, but I do go, I do um, approach my clients um, and have over the last long period of time from a very different point of view, which is that, you know, that it's almost like we're, we're all wanting to make a difference. We all want to be heard and we all want to be seen. We want our voice to matter. So for me, the photography was about my voice, my creative voice being heard and seen. And I think as, as, as a therapist, you know, you're very, you're very neutral. You sit there and you hear and you listen and you, you, you know, you reflect back. And of course, you know, there are ideas that come that you can help your clients with. But I think with photography, I was really able to express my vision. Diane, when you just said that, it gave me chills. (laughs) It Uh really, it did. It gave me chills because I, that resonates with me so much about finding your art, finding the, the, the thing about your passion and what brings you to life. And mm-hmm. and going after that and how how you worked with your clients to help them get there and then you got there yourself is just it's beautiful. You know, you you brought up at having your voice heard and seen. And so when you created um the fresco photography, what is it about that um that creation or or the process that you're going through that al- allows you to feel like you're expressing yourself because you know you're taking a photo of of another object you're not taking photos of yourself what is it that that to you feels like you are expressing yourself oh that's a really good question that's a really good question it's interesting because i see photography i've taken people on photo journeys individuals and groups um, over the years mostly in italy um, but also here. And one of the things that I've always been struck by is that every, if you're with a group, especially, and you see, and then everybody goes out with a camera and then they come back and you look at what they see. And it's always so different. It's not like people come back with the same image. They come back with something completely their own. And so that is something about photography that I love so much is it, it expresses who you are, especially when you can play with it and you can create art from it. And that's really, I see myself more as an artist rather than a photographer because I'm not like technical and I'm not scientific, you know, I'm married to scientists. I don't see myself that way at all. I see myself as an artist of life. And I love like, uh, I grew up 
traveling a lot. I lived in, in uh, New Mexico. That was the first place that I was really inspired to be a photographer. And before that, in high school, I lived in London and my parents were art collectors. My mother's an artist. And going to the museums and seeing all the beautiful works, the greatest works. I mean, that's what I've always been more passionate about, even more than photography. It's just, to me, it's a tool. The camera's a tool, but it's a way that I can express myself. For other people, right, there's writing, there's, there's drawing, there's collage, you know. There's so many different ways. Singing. For me, it just happens that that just really struck a chord, and it's just evolved over the years. And now what's so great about it is I have like this new vision. And this is why biophilic art is so important to me because I think it's just essential um, in terms of where we're headed right now with our culture, with the world, with people feeling like, oh my God, you know, what am I going to do? A lot of people are either out of work or decided to transform their lives because of the pandemic because they're they're not so sure that the life they were leading before is the one they want to lead. And so for me, what I have been envisioning is 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 really big. And it's not just doing the art and having the art and people buying one or two images, which is fantastic. I am not putting that down at all. I love that. But what I really want to do is transform the workspace, um, whether it's your own workspace or the workspace or creative space a way for people to enliven their space. I like that. Now, I want to dive deeper into biophilic art. Can you explain to the audience what it is, what it means? Right. Oh, that's a good question, because a lot of people don't know what that word is, but I'm hoping that we're going to make it uh, a word that everybody knows. First of all, I want to say that the way it's, uh, it comes from the word biophilia, and if you think of feel, yeah, then it's easier to remember that word. So biophilia has to do with, you know, the whole way in which we um, are, our bodies and our um, physiological and psychological um, aspects are responding to things. And so some of the things in terms of art that we respond to is perhaps the color palette or the complexity of an image or the curves. It could be the geometry or the patterns or history is, you know, and the sense of time that I was talking about in terms of, of Italy and living there. Um, it could be light and shadow. It could be a sense of, you know, living beings or an aliveness. The textures, of course. Um, a sensory richness, so that your senses are kind of enlivened by looking at that image. Um, it could be the, the fact that the image might be... Uh, multi-dimensional and so it allows you to use your imagination so that's why sometimes when people perhaps they just get an image that's not that well done and they kind of put it and make it a, you know a picture of a tree and they put it and make wallpaper out of it but it doesn't have any of that dimension to it it's just kind of like it feels flat uh, or it doesn't um, enliven you with all those different things that I mentioned, it doesn't have that complexity, then it's not going to have the same benefits that biophilic um, art and design have, which is the healing benefits, the, the benefit of being able to work more productively and more creatively. So uh, that, is, that is sort of a, an over, you know, sort of an overall kind of things. I mean, to talk, you know, if you have in the image, if you have water, 
um, or air or plants or animals or natural materials, this, these environmental features, that, that they, they can be biophilic views and vistas of places, the geology and landscape or habitats and ecosystems. Those are the kind of things that are going to make us feel like, wow, I want to be there. That makes me feel good. And, you know, we want people, we want to feel good. And that when we feel good, we treat others better. We are able to communicate. If we're at work, we're more able to listen and cooperate. There's just a lot of different things. Absolutely. That is one of the reasons why I wanted to create this space and this podcast, paying attention to our ecosystems and how they relate to all of us, how we all relate to one another is so important. And specifically, when you look at biophilic art, nature plays a big part and it's really therapeutic to see a work of art that is based in nature. And even if they're not aware of the fact that they're connected to it people love like arches and domes and things and texture i mean italy was not necessarily there was not a lot of nature right in rome where i lived but there was the beautiful fountains the sound of it the curbs um the people also um because biophilia means love of all living beings and that's that includes the uh the human form in all its beauty and and for me, the whole idea about creating these, what I call rejuvenation stations or curated spaces that are like intentionally designed to promote a, a grounded yet expansive mindset. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to do this both virtually and in, um, with a physical space because of what is happening. Some people are going to choose not to go back to work and other people will. And they're going to want a space where they can actually go where they feel like there's some kind of screens or, I mean, uh, productivity pods, I, you know, you can call it that or whatever you want to call it, but um, where they feel like they can, um, they can feel safe and protected, but also get the benefit of being around other people. Um, in terms of bringing the outdoors in, it's, it's so important. You know, it's so important, whether it's cultural or it's nature. It can be cultural as well. If we have a real affinity for a place, the spirit of place is also biophilic, that you can actually feel a, a connection, that same, you know, uh, connection to a place. Have you ever felt that before where you just felt like, oh, my God? Yeah, I have. Some of my family are from Hawaii. And the first time I went to Hawaii, I remember stepping out of the airport. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And there was something about being there that I felt like I was at home. What was your place or what is your place? Well, for me, Italy was my place. You know, that's why I chose to move to Italy. I, I loved the outdoor life. I love sitting and having going to the pizzeria with my kids at night and everybody's on the streets. And um, I love the fountains going all the time and the, um, and the trips out into the countryside and the sitting under the olive groves and, uh, and the grapevines and the, you know, the food. I mean, the food was just, uh, you know, such a place for me. So when I, that's why I was so drawn to the images and the architecture, of course, I just love the architecture. So, um, and the light and the light, and that's a big part of also biophilic art and design is is light and and when you talk about like the air that's another thing it's like 
different people are comfortable in different kinds of settings. Absolutely. And that actually brings me to the topic of the research study that you're, you're working on. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. Sure, sure. Um, well, I'm working with some postdoc uh, graduate students and a professor to take the three different aspects of the fresco photographs that I do. They're all considered, in my, in my case, biophilic, but we, we want to do some research to confirm that. And um, so we're going to be comparing uh, nature frescoes to the culture frescoes to the collage and to see the, the emotional responses that people have to all the different variables that I had mentioned, like the color palette or the, the lines or the patterns, whatever it happens to be. So um, the, the name of the research is, is at this point, at least the working title is Human Nature and Art, How Biophilic Art is Perceived and Preferred. And we're going to also have ways in which people can imagine, like choose out of all the different images, what they imagine um, where they imagine this to be and whether they imagine it to be a three-dimensional kind of thing or just a, a work of art on the wall and, um, and the materials that they use because I print on all kinds of different materials and it's just really interesting to see what people are drawn to. I mean, right now I'm really working um, to develop these screens and these pods that deal with um, using resin because there's the light that, that can come through. So it's like how how do people um, how do people prefer what images they prefer and why and what it is the emotional response. So we're working with some psychology students as well to help us out doing this. Um, this uh, assessment. And it's, uh, it's great because I get to read all these different uh, studies and I feel like I'm back in school again. And it's, it's wonderful. Uh, that sounds like uh, such a fascinating project to be working on. And I can't wait to hear more about the progress and the findings that come out of this uh, study. So I'd like to switch it up here. As you know, this podcast focuses on what I call sustainable lifestyles. So I'm curious. What does that mean to you? And outside of your photography and the art that you so beautifully create, do you have a self-care routine, something you do to help you sustain your well-being, whether that be mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually? I get up every morning and... Um... I go for a swim and I do like uh, this meditation and movement in the water because I love being in water. And so I, for me, it's sustaining my body when I can really take care of it. And then I take my dog for a walk and I get some fresh air. There's a whole hiking trail right across the street or I go down to the bay. Um, and so for me, it's like it starts, sustainability starts with yourself. And then it moves to the relationship, to the people that you either live with or that you love or the people that you're closest to and how to do whatever it is that you can to sustain those relationships by, by making them as loving and as um, giving, but also being able to take care of yourself and the other person and having that a nice flow. So, um, so that is sort of the first part. And then the other part really is about sustainability, meaning how, what can we do? What can we each do to sustain our planet and to sustain um, what it is that we can do that's going to help uh, make this a livable place and to, 
and part of that is being conscious of our everyday actions, but it's also creating something or thinking about the future and thinking about what can I do? What can I create that's going to make a difference? That's going to actually help people, either help people relationally, help people by expressing themselves, help people by um, being aware of what they're doing that might not be helping the planet and what they can do to help the planet. Could be a politi- politically for people who feel like that that's going to make a, a big difference in terms of where you know where things are going and the kind of policies that are made. Whatever it is, it's like thinking about how can I make this and think of this as precious. It's a precious life and it's a precious place that we live in here. And how can we love it as much as we can? I mean, I'm very much into, I mean, I always used to, I used to be called the heart lady when I was really young with these kids. They used to call me the heart lady because really for me, it's all about love. It's all about love. I mean, like it's about loving ourselves. And if we love ourselves, we're going to take care of ourselves and we're going to treat ourselves well. We're going to talk to ourselves in a positive way and we're going to eat good foods and we're going to treat the people around us better if we love ourselves. So it starts there and then it really does kind of go out and, and into, into, the, into this beautiful planet that we live on. I, speaking of love, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good moments in this, uh, this conversation. So thank you. I a hundred percent believe I, I feel the same way. That's, that's where it all starts. What is one way that you would say people can make, take a step toward loving themselves? Because, you know, I mean, especially coming from not just, you know, looking at, at your, uh, coaching and, and, um, that type of background, but even from an artistic, um, background and perspective, what is one thing that you would say, you know, that people can do today to to get there? You know, because there's a lot of fear in the world today, especially in the U.S. right now with the, you know, things that are going on. There's a lot of uncertainty. So how, when you're dealing with all of that, how do you, how do you break through that? That's a very good question. Yes, that's really good. I think, number one, if you're, if you don't have access to nature get yourself there, you know, get yourself to sit under a tree and just relax and meditate and breathe and know that you are just part of this beautiful earth. Um, because if we don't, if we don't get, have any connection to nature, then uh, we're going to be a little lost. And I think a lot of people are, I think we're in front of the screens a lot. We're, uh, a lot of people are isolated, they're alone. I think if you're alone and you feel isolated, even if you have to meet online in front of a computer, do something so that join a group or find a, somebody who can be your mentor, your coach. Do something that's going to help you uh, connect with others so that you can talk through it. Because a lot of times what happens is when we're alone, we start telling ourselves things and we start believing them. And actually, a lot of times that we wouldn't talk to a friend the way we talk to ourselves. And so you need somebody to sort of reflect back and help you to kind of move out of where you are into um, a different place. And to go back to your question earlier, when you said, you know, what has made a big difference? Well, I, I was saying that Italy really made a difference. But then when I moved back and I started having these groups that I either led or I was part of, it was the connection with these other, mostly women, I have to say. I, I mean, they just happen to be that I, I joined groups that tend to be mostly women. 
we're all women, actually. Um, and that, and to get that kind of support is really important. I had, I was married before my husband passed away. It was a really sad and difficult um, few years. He was ill for quite a long time with breast cancer. And so um, I decided to come back to America after being there. And we had two sons, one who's still in Rome and the other one's in New York now, which is really hard for me. But um, I had to make a choice. And I think we have a, we have a choice all the time. And I had to make a choice when I came back, was I going to be depressed and miserable and upset and feel like, Oh my God, I lost my life. You know, you know, my life in Italy, my husband and all that. Or was I going to start again? Was I going to start over and create a new chapter and find the things that I'm passionate about now, who I am today, as opposed to who I was 20 years ago. That's so powerful. And, and it was amazing. Uh, that I was able to meet somebody soon afterwards who was totally in alignment with where I am now and has influenced me in a great way in terms of his passion for and love and really in-depth knowledge of nature. Um, and so I think that if people can realize that we all go through tragedies, we all go through really difficult times, but we have a choice in, in terms of living living to our fullest, really making our life a work of art and surrounding ourselves with beautiful things that really fill, fill our soul. I think it's so important. Wow. I am so inspired and it brought me nearly to tears a couple of times. <laughs> it's just a beautiful way to look at life. Mm -hmm. And I hate to cut our conversation short because this has just been so wonderful. But if you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience, this is the perfect time to do it. For me, the whole idea of integrating biophilic design and creating like 3D screens or spheres or digital kind of transparent walls or window, um, windows with art or anything that's going to really make this environment um, a better place, I really want to connect with people that that are, are doing those kind of things or can envision that kind of thing for themselves because um, I just feel like this is the wave of the future and biophilia which again means the love of all living beings um, is the wave of the future and that we can really uh, work together to make this happen. And that's the perfect segue to telling the audience where they can find you and your work of art. Diane's website is her last name, epsteinphotography.com. That's E-P-S-T-E-I-N, photography.com. I will also be providing links on information that we've discussed during this episode, and I will also include Diane's website in the show notes, which will be on the wellestlife.com website very soon. So, Brandy... Thank you so much for interviewing me, for taking the time to get to know me and for really investigating all that I'm doing. I really appreciate it. I just love what you're doing with the Wellest Life. And um, I just know that you're going to just take off. Oh, thank you so much. I am so thankful that we met and um, I really appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing your story. Mm -hmm.